Welcome to the Creative Coaching Podcast, where we bring together coaches, athletes, former athletes, leaders, and influencers. Everyone has a story, and my hope is that when you listen to their stories, you will be inspired and live your life to tell your story one day. Today's guest is Sophia Young-Malcolm. Sophia is a former WNBA All-Star who played for the San Antonio Silver Stars and also was an All-American at Baylor and helped them win their first national championship in 2005. She currently serves as the girls' varsity head basketball coach at Cornerstone Christian Academy in San Antonio, Texas. We talked to her about mentorship, having a proper perspective, and her journey as a young girl coming from St. Vincent to the United States and her success as a player and her focus now as a coach. I hope you enjoyed this episode and will be inspired to continue to work towards getting better every day. Welcome to the podcast, Coach. How are you? I'm doing great. It's so great to have you on uh, here, you know, in your gym, in your home, in your comfort zone. And, you know, I know that our, our the gyms that we work in, that's kind of our place of uh, solace. And I think uh, this is a great time we're going to have together talking in, in, a, in an environment that we probably spend the majority of our time in anyways yeah, as coaches. So to, right off the bat, I just kind of want to ask you uh, about your experience with the game of basketball. How were you introduced to the game? Well, I didn't start playing basketball until I was about 15 years old. Wow. And I, I came from the Caribbean, a small island mm-hmm. called St. Vincent. Okay. And growing up there, I, we, we didn't play basketball at all. We okay. played, we ran track and volleyball. And I had an opportunity to come to the U.S. because I was always athletic and academically I was on point. So those two things got me to get the opportunity to come to the United States and when I did, I came to Shreveport, Louisiana, and that's when I was you know, really introduced to the game of basketball. I thought that it was, it was a fun game for me because I, I, I love the competitive nature of it, and I right. love that I didn't know so much or there was so much that I needed to know. And, and for me, I'm, I'm always thinking, man, there's so much to, there's so much to learn. Like, and I get excited. I get excited about yeah. knowing that there's a goal to reach. And... Um, Whenever I was introduced to the game and, and seeing that the fact that I could, I, there's so much that I could know and so much that I'm capable of doing if I put in the work. And, and that's kind of how I, what you're, I was. You're talking about challenges. It seems like you're challenge oriented then like that's what kind of drives you to do different things in the sense that uh, you saw a challenge, you saw an adjustment you had to make kind of in uh, coming to the States and, and being involved in athletics as a young person, that's pretty difficult. I, I would assume in the sense that you have to assimilate, you have to take uh, kind of a different approach at times. How, how supportive were your parents and all that? Well, coming to the United States at 15, that was, like you said, it was a challenge in itself. My, my parents did not come with me, so I came by myself. Wow. And it was not the image what I had in my mind of what the United States was. At least that's not what they showed us on TV. Yeah, you know, it yeah. was in a Miami or New York or <laughs> it was Shreveport, Louisiana. Oh, wow. So that in itself was, was a challenge. And the first year, the first year of being away from my family was not, was not very, uh, it was not a happy moment. <laughs> it was, wow. it was, it was very, very tough. 
But my mom, I mean, I came from a very poor country and a, a poor situation. My yeah. mom understood that it was better for me to go. Right. In, with the hope that, you know, I can make something of myself. Right. And so, so she was supportive in that, in that sense. Uh, I think she felt that whatever situation I was in was better than what I right, had right, or right. what I was going to be growing up into. So it was, a, it was a risk and a chance that she took, and I'm, I'm glad that she allowed me to go. And that's tough for parents. Me being a father of four girls is really difficult to just say, okay, uh, honey, go ahead and, you know. Yeah, well, we won't yeah. do that now. That was, like, <laughs> that was that, 20 years ago, you know, that, so, yeah. Yeah, that's real tough. Uh, kind of going through uh, the, all the success you've had as a player, uh, I imagine in high school you were probably highly touted as a recruit. What, what was that like, your, the recruiting process, and, and how did you kind of challenge yourself to get better and better for college? Well, you will be surprised to know that I wasn't recruited very highly at really? all. Yeah. I, I, was, I went to a private Christian school right. called Evangel Christian Academy, and because I didn't know much about the game, I guess people at, at that point were looking for somebody who is – you know, more skilled than I was right. and not necessarily the potential of right. what I could do or be. And I remember my most of my friends went to Louisiana Tech and that's where I wanted to go. So I went to the camp and, and I thought I played well. I actually played well. I got the MVP for the camp and yeah. I was waiting so much for the coach to just, you know, send me a letter to right. just say, you know, we're interested in you. And I never received that letter until later on. But it was a, a personal coach that I had who was able to talk to his daughter who coached at Baylor to convince okay. her to come to watch me play. And that's, that's how I got to Baylor. It, wow. was, it was just a connection with somebody that I knew. Um, and then when Coach Mulkey came and watched me play one game my senior year, she, she offered me a scholarship at that moment. You know, so. I, like you talked about earlier about you know, kind of, they didn't see the potential. I think coaches now do a greater job of that. Mm -hmm. Where at some point they probably just, they wanted to see somebody that was just doing this and that. I don't, at that time, I don't know what coaches were looking for at the time, I can be honest with you, but I think the, I think it's changed a little bit now. Coaches walk into a gym and they're not looking just for the guy, the, the, the person who can score, the person who can just do certain things. They're looking for the person who's going to fit into their their program, yeah. their system, what they do, and then they see the potential. Absolutely. They say, oh, that kid may not be as skilled as they need to be, but give them to me and give me a year, I'll redshirt, whatever. You Absolutely. Know what I mean? Absolutely. And then they think, oh, that's it. I'm going to put him to work. And Coach Mulkey is legendary. Yeah. I mean, she is legendary. <laughs> like, I love watching clips of her. It just has fire. I mean, I don't have that kind of energy. You know how people say keep that same energy? Like, I can't even keep that energy for maybe in two quarters, like – I'll be worn out sitting on the side with some Gatorade, just yeah. like, oh, oh, guys, y'all just keep keep up the good work, you know. <laughs> I, I mean, I love coaches like that, even though I'm not that. Uh, what part of your coaching style do you feel like you get from Coach Mulkey? I can tell you what part I didn't get. <laughs> <laughs> um, I What I did take from her is her competitive nature okay. and her, her, her passion to win at all costs. And... One of the things that she also made sure of us as players is that she made sure that we knew that she had our backs regardless right. of the situation. 
you okay. know and so that's that's something that i that i really strive to do with my players here right. so i think a lot of the things sometimes it that that makes the most impact on you it could be like the small things right. the, the small things that doesn't really show out in in public but whenever your players know that you are for them then they'll do anything for you so, ain't that the truth yeah you know and that comes with just experience of uh, spending time with kids mm-hmm. and spending time with your players and getting to know them before you get to ask them for anything absolutely you know building relationally is is pretty much everything should be everything for every coach right because you can't ask a kid to give you blood, sweat, and tears if you won't even give them the time and the, the attention, so to speak. Yeah. Because uh, some of them don't get that at home, first of all. Come, absolutely. And, I, and, I agree with that. Or they don't realize they're getting it. There's <laughs> that, too. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, here again, going back to your personal success, all the things you've achieved, uh, your career, your playing career, uh, how, how, how did you strive for success at that time? Because... I know highly successful people, players in particular, and it's a different route. It's a different path. It's not like you just show up and practice for two and a half hours. You don't just show up for the weight room and then walk out. Like so much more that goes into it. How how, how did you how how did you strive for that success that you achieved? Well, one thing that I that I stress to my players now is that you just can't show up and play. You yeah. know, it's it's just one of those things that you always have to be thinking about the next step. Right. And for me, I I never I never felt that I was good enough wow. as a basketball player. Wow. I always felt that there was something else that I could be doing, that I could be adding to my game, whether it's my rebounding or my free throws or my layups, I always or a turnaround jump shot. I always thought I if I make five out of ten or six out of ten, I I always believe that I can make nine out of ten or, or right. ten out of ten. So it gave me a passion, yeah. you know, to just keep going. Progressing. And yeah. yeah, and I just I just never felt like like I I achieved Arrived. my peak, yeah. you know. And yeah. so it it that's just for me personally. So it it kept me in in a humility standpoint, and yeah. um, it kept me to a point where I always. Like every off season, there was always something to work on, right, you know. Right. And so there wasn't ever a time when, oh man, I'm good at this, <laughs> you know. I never, I never, I literally never considered myself to be good at a certain thing. I always thought, man, my ball handling could be much better, or yeah. my my post moves could be just better if I could just finish, you know, if I could just finish this way, and yeah. if I can, you know, get up and up and under really good and yeah. a tall person. And so it's just always it was a constant it was a constant striving to to reach something that that I that was always out there hanging yeah. you know so I never I never felt like I was good enough and I think that's a key component for people who are successful at anything in life is to never get I guess complacent yeah but be content as well too right because some people can go overboard well yeah but yeah. but you know, like you got to celebrate your successes whenever right. they when they do come. Because yeah. you had a lot of successes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, going through everything that you've accomplished and all the things that you achieved, not just at the college level but at the WNBA level, uh, the the legend you are in the in the WNBA, especially here in San Antonio. Uh, I know my daughters when I told them I was going to come talk to you, they were kind of like, "Wow!" You know, uh, they've got an autograph book. And your name's in it. <laughs> so they never get my autograph for anything <laughs> unless it's signing a check for something they want to buy, tuition or something. But, you know, at the end of the day, I think, you know, we're talking about 
who you are, how you strive, how you how you were raised, I guess, to do that. Because it seems like that's something that's embedded in the home through your parents. Well, I think it it takes into perspective, obviously, the situation that you are when you grow up. Uh-huh. And I feel, and I, and I use this example a lot, I feel like five people can grow up in the same home yeah. and one person becomes a millionaire and four people are in poverty. Right. And so it's all, it's all about a perspective. Like, how do you right. see life? Like, what, what is it that you want to achieve? And even though you're in the same situation, it's just a matter of your vision and what do you believe about yourself that you can achieve. And so whenever I was, a, whenever I was little, being in the country that I grew up in, I just never thought, felt that I belong there. I felt right. that there was so much more. Like maybe God's give, God gave me a vision right. of when I was younger of the things that he wanted to, to do with me and do it uh, for my life and in my life. And, and I, just, I just thought that whenever I was younger, like, man, there's just so much more. I don't want to be in this situation. Like I knew it yeah. with a passion that I didn't want to be there. Yeah. And so whatever it took for me, to to get out of that situation that's what happens because i for me i thought i think i have like an internal drive to be better than than i than i was or i am you know it's crazy when you talk about perspective i think that's what we deal with when we deal with young people Mm -hmm. is them to get a a better perspective every day of what it is they're trying to achieve what is they're trying to do and it makes them better when they sit step back and say okay there's a different way to look at this and, and I also have a heart of gratitude within that. Right. Uh, so when we talk about perspective, when you, when you had your ACL injury, mm-hmm. you know, that's one of those where it's like, okay, perspective. <laughs> yes. Because, you know, I've seen people go through ACL injuries and, and they're just never the same. Right. And, and, and it's maybe physically they get back to normal, but mentally yeah. there's this apprehension yeah. as you walk, as you run, as you jump, make, right. make a cut. Right. How, how did you get through that time as far as, your perspective and, and how did you kind of navigate through that? Well, I think in, in life, what I've learned or I'm still learning is that the support system, right? The people that right. you have in your, in your world is people that you have that that's speaking to you. Right. Whenever I went through my injury, I, you know, go, went through all that process. Oh my gosh, my career is over. Am I ever going to play this game again? And you know, all these like negative thoughts that, that, that come through every person's mind that goes through this injury. And the people who are in my life, whether it's my my trainer or my husband or my, my mom or my best friend, just being able to just say one, one encouraging word, like, yeah. you got this. Yeah. Those, I think those moments sometimes can, you'll be in a, in a fog for three days yeah. and one of those people come and say some one simple sentence and then all of a sudden you feel motivated again, right. you know? So exactly. I think that it's, it's, it's a matter of your support system because we are not meant to do things alone and we can't overcome pain alone. We can't right. overcome, you know, injuries alone and stuff. And so it, it matters. It mattered to me who, who spoke within my ears and how right. I got back because like with an ACL injury, it is very scary after you went through the injury to have somebody run beside your leg right. because all you're thinking is that, oh, my gosh, she is going to hurt me again. Yeah. And, and that's just what's ingrained in your mind. And so, again, then you need people to reassure you, like the doctors or the trainers or whomever, to reassure you in your mind so that you can tell it to yourself right. that 
you are okay, you yeah. know, and that's for everything in life, you know, like yeah. going through anything, just need somebody to say, hey, I'm with you, you're okay, you're going to be fine. And so that's what happened for me. It was the, it was the encouraging words of, of other people that helped yeah. me to get through it. And it wasn't just them being nice to you. It was like they cared for you, they loved you. Oh, my gosh, my sister, my, my sister, when I tore my ACL, I, I lived alone for a really long time. My sister left her home and her, her husband and her, her child and came and, and stayed with me for six weeks to wow. make sure that I was you able to rotate right. my leg and walk and do everything. Like, she literally did everything for me. And That's so strong. I feel like those, those moments, you know, like I, I, I saw the sacrifice that she made. Right. To make sure that I was okay. So I think it's, you know, those kind of things that just helps you to like, okay, if she's making this sacrifice, like, I am going to get through this because it's yeah. important to her, for her to know that her sister is okay. So it's important for me to push through so she cannot think that she wasted her time. Right. You, you know, know so. my sister went through that. Her junior in high school tore her, I think, left ACL. Mm-hmm. Senior year, right ACL. Yeah. Like, it was just tough. And we saw kind of... It was it was painstaking for her. it was kind of tormenting at times to have mm-hmm. to go through that so I can imagine like you you that support system means everything, everything. it everything. really does because if everything. not your mind can take take you to places you don't want to and be. you want and then you will never get on the court again yeah you, you would just think that okay it's over I'm done and and then all of that your identity your identity you feel like you lose a piece of it yeah even if you're rooted in something strong like you're rooted in God's word you're rooted in and you know who you are in God in Christ yeah. at the end of the day it's like Man, this is like this is. This it's is part a of lot. you. Yeah. It's part of you because you put in so much work and energy yeah. and effort, and you know you don't want to see it go to waste without you deciding it's time to be done. Right. Like the injury almost like cut you short. Yeah. You know, and yeah. it's just like, well, you know, don't have any choice. Like you have to be done, and that's what injury does, and that's right. that's that you almost feel cheated. Yeah. You know, you almost like, feel cheated. Yeah, I got ripped off here. Yeah, yeah. Like, my money back. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> feel violated. Yeah, I, I think absolutely. that's that's probably the best word to put it. You feel violated. Yeah. Like, Something was taken, and, and I didn't hand it over. It was just taken. It was literally yeah. just taken from yeah. you, and, and you that's didn't. Tough. there's nothing you can do about it but yeah. just go through the process, and that process is not fun. No, not at all. Yeah. So when, when you talk about the support system and all that, uh, because it is important for every, I think, every coach at every level to have a support system because we're always kind of required to answer to people, especially mm-hmm. parents and and then the kids too. I mean, I think there's a there's a side of it where we do answer to the kids, and maybe not by them sitting down and saying, "Hey, coach, why this? Why that?" But in some of the locker room speak that we have, it's explaining to them, "This is why we do this. This is why we do that. This is why we're taking these steps and measures." Uh, who or what influences you on a day to day basis to do what you do at this point in your life? Well, I have I have a fantastic support system right now in my home with my husband. He, he literally allows me to do whatever I come up with. Wow. Which is usually, I come up with something like every two weeks or That's something. That's cool. And he's like, okay, sure. That's great. You know, so he, he definitely is, is, is that person for me. And That's I can awesome. go home and say, guess what happened? And it doesn't matter how dramatic I am with it. He's just like, okay. He sits and he listens. You know? Right, right. It's and a good so husband. That's a really good <laughs> he husband. He is. He is. And sometimes he interjects and then sometimes he doesn't. And... And I think that that's one of those relationships whenever you know that you can have that person that you can be yourself with, yeah. you know, and yeah. you don't have to worry that, 
oh my gosh, she's gonna judge me the way if I say this out loud. Yeah. You know. So it, my husband is definitely that. Good, good, good. So, as a as a coach, as a former player, at a, you played at a high level. All that. What does you know having a great coach like Coach Mulkey? What does leadership mean to you? Whenever I was in, in college, I I was a leader of the team, and for me, leadership m- meant responsibility wow. and and ownership. And I say that, and I'll give you an example why I say that. We were playing against Texas Tech in in at, when I was at Baylor, and we were supposed to beat Texas Tech at that game, and Texas Tech was killing us, and we were playing terrible. And we eventually lost that game. And Coach Mulkey looked at me, and I would say, I wouldn't say she blamed me for the game, but essentially blamed me uh-huh. for the game. But it wasn't like a personal attack. It was, you are responsible. Like, you were the one that was supposed to help me help the team yeah, do accountability. better. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, so I've always remembered that moment. And for me, it was, you know, obviously whenever you're in an emotional state and you're a girl, you take everything personal. <laughs> <laughs> but when I look back on it, I, I realized that she was, you know, she was putting that responsibility on me to, to, to be successful. And she knew that I was capable of bringing the team together. Gotcha. And, uh, and so every time I think about leadership and it's not just about like uh, showing up, but it's, it's taking responsibility wins or losses it's your responsibility that's what yeah. leaders do yeah. it's your you have to take ownership whether you are on the mountain or you're in the valley it's yeah. leadership it's, yeah. it's responsibility and so um, so whenever i think about leadership it's responsibility in every aspect of 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 the situation you know you talked about wins and losses i think that's kind of one of the having been a coach now for 24 years now and I've always looked at wins and losses as kind of I'm indifferent mm. in the sense that, and I tell my players this, and, and maybe you've said it, or I read it one time in a book uh, from, that Dean Smith wrote, The Carolina Way, and it said, I take responsibility and the blame for the losses, and I give the credit for the wins to the players. And as a leader, I think that's so that was so key reading that. It changed how I led, mm. in other words, like, if we win, yeah, we all know why we won. And then if we lose, we all know why we lose. I mean, you could you could sit there and you could, you know, wax poetic and be like, well, you know, Johnny, maybe you could have done this better. But you know what? Oh, well, there's another game. But no, we know like, hey, man, you, you blew it. <laughs> uh, and the reality is that as coaches, there's another game coming. Now, it was a championship game. Yeah, it's a different story. <laughs> maybe. Uh, but, you know. The reality is, yeah, I mean, good leadership is taking accountability, is being in charge of yourself and how you're going to take responsibility. And I think that's that's not just a good coach. It's a mature coach. Yeah, I mean, you know? yeah, responsibility, even in your attitude. Yeah. Like, how are you going to react to a parent yeah. who is, like, you know, overbearing <laughs> or something? That's a whole like, other resp- podcast, I know, bro. I know, that's what I'm saying, <laughs> but it's like... Lead, like how are you yeah. going to respond to yeah. that situation as a leader? Yeah, no, it's, it's your responsibility how you take a deep breath. Let me let yeah. you talk, you know. Yeah. So it's like it it's in every aspect. Like you are responsible for how you react. Amen to that. Yeah. So how do you you know as a coach? Because I think about my team and the success we have or don't have, and in a, you know in your case winning a national championship, 
uh, at Baylor in that team. So what do you or how do you define team success? I think team success is whenever everybody's doing their role. Right. And everybody has taken the the ownership and the responsibility of doing their role. Right. I know that there there have been certain teams or, you know, situations where where you have a three-point shooter who doesn't want to shoot the three. Yeah. And instead she wants to drive into the paint, but she's not good at it. Right. And it just makes the whole team look bad because you're gotcha. not doing it, whatever it is that you're good at. Like, if I penetrate and kick it to you, why would you penetrate and come right back to yeah. where I am? I kick it to you because you're open and I know yeah. you can shoot it. So whenever that person take that responsibility, like, this is what I'm here. This is what I'm in the game for at this moment. So let me do that. And whenever we won the national championship – we had a team that every single person knew each other's role. It was it it was crazy the run that we had. Yeah. We had a point guard and she wasn't trying to score. Her main thing was just to get the ball to the people who she knew who can score. Yeah. And we had a three-point shooter and she can post up too, but she was best at threes and we knew whenever we kicked the ball to her, my point guard would just turn around and run the opposite way because <laughs> because, yeah, because that's the confidence that we had right. in her. And so for me, I think that whenever a team succeeds, everybody knows what their role is and they're not trying to come into somebody else's lane. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. No, it makes sense. It's like you're talking about the shooter. I think you pass, you dish it out to the shooter and you're starting to block out already because you're thinking if it comes off and then they drive right past you and they, it's like, no, you just made a mess now. What do you do? Exactly. It, it, it's funny because, I mean, as a coach, I'm thinking through what you're saying and yeah. I'm like, yeah, that is true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's yeah, frustrating. Little, yeah, it's little things like that because yeah. we tell kids, shoot the open shot or, you know, or don't be a ball hog. But right. there's times where, no, you need to shoot. Like, yeah. shoot that thing. <laughs> like, if you're not shooting, you shouldn't be on the court. Yeah, and <laughs> I mean, but it's it's what's best for the team at the moment. And if you're doing something else, then you're not doing what's best for the team. Right. You're thinking right. about yourself. And it's like, we need you to shoot this shot, so take it. Yeah. You know, like Be confident because we're confident in you. Exactly. Right? So. Um, yeah, and that's amazing when you talk about everybody knew their role. Yeah. That's... Uh, that's rare air, I it should is. say. It, it is. really is because you just you don't find that even through. I mean, you might get it if you have the same group for two years or something. Mm-hmm. Three if you're lucky, uh, but most of the time it's hard to find a team that you you have that just everybody's like, I'm here, I'm there, I'm I'm, I'm the piece of the puzzle, and we're gonna get it done. So, right. but uh, we had three years of being yeah, together. That's yeah. why, <laughs> that, and, and that's and that's here again. That's why right. when you process it, you say, okay, wow, that that. And I think it speaks to a lot of different things that I would have to say on the men's side of the game that I'd love to see the guys stay a little bit longer because it's a bit, <laughs> as I love college basketball. Yes. I think it would be a better product, but here again, I'm going to go off on a tangent and I better not. <laughs> okay. I have too many friends that are coaches and they're going to think like, well, what are you saying about what I do? Yeah, right. But uh, <laughs> so what, what is it that you sacrifice to do what you do as a coach every day because I know as a coach myself it's it's not here again we don't just the lights come on referees come out and it's showtime mm-hmm. but there is a sacrifice for all the things we do and, and your players I hope if they were to hear this they know more about you and what you sacrifice and even the parents that you know too many coaches get either demonized or glorified beyond the point of relation right they can't relate to you because they're like oh that coach thinks they're oh that coach is this you know it gets judged 
but I want people to know, like, what do you sacrifice as a coach to do what you do? Well, I think people always judge what they don't know, right? And right. people always question and make assumption about situations that they don't understand. Um, I think I think to to be a coach, just, just the just the the fact that you you know you invest so much of your time and your energy and and your your effort into developing um, a, a young person that you feel have so much potential mm-hmm. and you know that's a re- that's a great reward whenever that person does succeed right yeah. um but just the like like everyone else you know just the 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 time that you put in not just like what just showing up at practice, but yeah. the time that you put into whether it's watch film or call a coach or call a college coach or, or or look at different other plays and go to clinics and and read books and yeah. just 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 different things to develop yourself, you know, so you can become a better coach. And it's it's not just okay. Let me just show up here and think that I know what I'm talking about. But yeah. you have to you know put in all that energy and that effort to be good at what you do, whether it's basketball or whether it's uh, running a business. You know, right. you have to put in all the, the energy to develop yourself. And I think that that's a lot of, that's a lot of things that happens for me. Um, like when I'm here every day, I'm thinking, okay, what does this player, particu- what does, specifically does this player need? Okay, maybe she needs to know, know a little bit more post moves or maybe she needs to know ball handling. Okay where can I look to get some ball handling drills to make sure that this person accomplishes what she needs? Right. So then I'm researching and I'm talking to people and I'm talking to other coaches and I'm reading books and I'm looking at videos and I'm talking to that player. Hey, how was your tournament? What did you do? So different. there's a lot of different things that comes about with it and, it and it's not just like, okay, well, let's just show up and practice, but let's have a strategy. We always have to have a strategy and in, in order for that strategy to happen, you have to take the time to plan it. Right. And so, um, so it takes a lot of, you know, effort and energy to, to actually put something together, and that comes with, you know, making <laughs> putting out kids in daycare and you yeah. know. <laughs> See, now that that's that's kind of late at night. Exactly, and, yeah. those are the things too that I, I would kind of allude to is like, if you have a family, you got a spouse, you got somebody that wants to actually spend time with you. Yeah, you know, it, it, your time is kind of eaten up at you know, it's your, your job and, and what you're doing. But I think kids, would, once they hear that or they know that about you, they feel like, man, they, they actually give a hoot about me. Because yeah, I, yeah I, don't, I, don't, I don't think that they, they realize that, you know, that you're sacrificing your family and, and, yeah. and everything about you to make sure that they are... They fulfilled their little problems, <laughs> but I tried. I tried to keep that into perspective too, because I know, I know, I have a lot of friends who are in college coaching, and I know all the and it, I I know all the. They literally don't have time. Oh yeah, no, the college coaches are. Yeah, uh, we're not gonna talk about let's that. Let's not go there. We, but <laughs> you know, it's 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 uh, it kind of mirrors back and forth, like the stuff that you sacrifice, high school coach. And then what a college coach sacrifices, you both do it for the love of what you're doing. Yeah, you yeah. do it for the love of the kid or, or the, the you love playing the game. Right. The game within the game because we don't dribble the ball anymore or anything. Uh, well, some of us do in open gyms, but <laughs> I don't. Uh, <laughs> but we don't perform anymore is right. the thing. And we're trying to get the best 
out of each kid. The I don't optimum. think that people realize that, yeah. you know, sometimes it's like, like, I don't have anything to lose or gain yeah. if you don't succeed or do succeed. Yeah. You know, it's just a matter of like, I want the best for you and, and being here as a coach now, that's that's literally my intention. Like, I just want to see you succeed at whatever it is that you decide to do. But if right. you're going to put effort into basketball, like, you're going to put your effort in basketball. Right. You can't just show up and play. Like, you have to put in the energy. And um, the sacrifice that I'll make is I'll be up here with you, yeah. <laughs> you know? It's and a partnership. Yeah, yeah. 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 You, you get out what you put into it. I think that's that's something that's key. And I think us as coaches – we we're always kind of trying to convey that to kids, yeah. And then we gotta remember they're kids. Yeah, <laughs> and, but but then uh, but then and then sometimes you know you talk to the parent and and it it becomes a whole different story. <laughs> yeah, no, it's love parents. I love them. I'm a parent, so I love parents. I think that's that's all I'm gonna say about that as well. But looking forward, coach, what uh, what goals do you have in in coaching? Like, what are your I guess, what are your aspirations? What are your goals within the your coaching career? Well, being being a high school coach at the moment, I really, I'm truly enjoying it. And one of the things that I'm learning about young people is how smart they are. Yeah. They are a bunch of, you know, very educated people. Intelligent. Uh, yes, absolutely. And one of the things that I want to make sure that I leave with them is having an understanding of who they are as a person right. and and what they believe in. Right. I coach at a Christian school, so my whole impact is to is to be a, a demonstration of Christ right. and of and of love. Yeah. And so whenever they think, whenever they are facing any situation, when they go on to college or or not, they can think back and say, "Man, I remember coach." Sophia handled it this way. Yeah. Like she loved me this way or or she said this to me. And so I think obviously as a high school coach, the the reward is not necessarily monetary or, you know, like where a college coach would be, you get all this fame and all this stuff right, like right, that, right. or a professional coach. The reward is mostly the impact that you make with these kids. Right, you right. know, when they can come back and, and say, Man, thank you for spending like this time yeah. with me yeah. and thank you for doing this with me is because of you that you know my life now is changed or I'm going to a different direction so that was that would be my aspiration um with where we are right now at Cornerstone um whether we win championships or not is it, it will be a matter of what did I teach these kids to move on to their next their next phase in life? Right, you know, right. Like that to me is the most important. Yes, it, if we have a couple of kids who come in here and go Division One, or you know, that will be that will be amazing to watch. Yeah. But at the same time, Division One's players f- struggle a lot internally. Right. You know, and and figuring out who they are whenever challenges yeah. comes, and figuring out like where do I stand? Like, who am I? If basketball is taken away, whether it's an injury or whatever, who am I at this point? So, yeah. so just being able to have, being able to have that solid foundation. I'm speaking literally from my past. Experience. I'm speaking from yeah. you know, things that has happened to me. And there's no better teacher than experience. Absolutely. And, and because it helps to teach a generation if you're in that, if you're on that platform and you have that responsibility with young people. Yeah. And, uh, and I think, I could say I read a book one time or somebody told me about, but not until I've gone through it. Can I truly convey that to my players or can I 
my own children. Right. You know, can I, can I be real about things? So as we talk about that, uh, the last question I ask every guest is about legacy. And you kind of touched on it, but bigger, wider than basketball, and maybe a little bit of it inter- intertwined. But what would you want your legacy to be when it's all said and done? You know, when we're all, when you're, you know. When, when God, people, God, when, we, yeah, when, when we're laying dead yeah, and when, people when, read it. Exactly. When God takes <laughs> you home. Saying, when people say yeah. all the good things about yeah. us. At your, at your eulogy or whatever, you know. <laughs> or I put it this way, because I have, here again, I, I love my children. And I think about, and, I, and I'm going to, yeah, I better not tell that secret about how I tell them all that I love them each the most. But I have this deal where I tell each of them I love them the most. Like, I, I love you the most. Mm-hmm. And so that later on when they're old ladies and they're sitting around drinking tea or lemonade or whatever, flying in the air, floating <laughs> with some kind of spaceship, that they're like, you know, dad loved me the most. You know, what, what, what do you want your legacy to be when it's all said and done? Well, I, I, I truly feel that my calling is, is mentorship. And okay. my, core, my calling is to is to be a disciple and teach discipleship. Wow. And with that, with that being said, it's about walking life to life, walking with somebody in, you know, with, with each other yeah. and, and teaching that person, how do you handle this situation when this situation comes up? Right. And celebrate their successes, cry with them, you know, just just live with with people. Yeah. And whether whether it is that I just have an encounter with some, because sometimes you meet people and you only have twenty minutes to just kind of talk with right. them, and Short then span of yeah, time. and yeah. then you never see them again. But 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 that impact I can make within that twenty minutes can change yeah. somebody's life. Because I mean, I've had people who I've talked to and. And I just remember, like, one thing they said, and I was like, I've never seen that person again. But if you remember one thing right. they said, you know? Even an impression, and, yeah. Yeah. And so for me, I want to make sure that people know that they were loved whenever wow. they were around me. That's my life. That's my life yeah. goal. And That's fantastic. So, yeah, when people, whenever I'm laying down, they will say, okay, well, you know, she loved me unconditionally. And... um I feel that you know, in our world today, sometimes we can we are so easy, we're so quick to judge, yeah, and and sometimes we don't you know stop to listen. But those are all things that you learn as you get older, right. and and you comes know, with maturity. Yes, you know, with youth, you make all these mistakes and you say all these things or whatever. But as you get older, you realize that you know people are hurting and yeah. people just need sometimes wow. somebody to just kind of hold their hands to say, hey, I got you, um, and especially young people. You know, they yeah. they they need so much guidance and so much direction and sometimes yeah. just that just that one person to be there with them mm-hmm. um can can change their life. And I mean I've I've worked with with student athletes who have said, Because of my coach, I quit I'm quitting yeah. basketball. Yeah. You know? Wow. And so so That's coaches tough. can leave a negative impact. Correct. You know, Correct. they can leave a negative impact and they can change the trajectory of where a student goes. Yeah. And so just to be able to give give somebody like the passion, whether it's just for basketball or for, for, for whatever it is that they want to do, but just kind of encourage them. And then when they look back on their life five, ten years later, they can say, man, this person, you know, yeah. left. Like this person is who made things happen for me or this person was why I, I became who I am. And, you know, this person walked with me and, 
for me, I know for my mentor, whenever I'm going through something, immediately I'm thinking, who can I call? Yep, this person right here. I know yeah. she's going to encourage me. And yeah. so that's that's what I want to to leave to a person, so somebody can know that if they're going through something, my name be the first name to come up to their mind to call because they know they're going to be encouraged. That's strong, Coach. I appreciate your time, Coach. I really do. I thank you for being on. I, I, uh, I'm always partial to getting a female's perspective because I live with the female's perspective, <laughs> my wife and my, my, my girls. And so I, I really am glad to have you on, not just because you're a female, but because I know you have a, a, a perspective and your spirit and what, you're bring, what you bring to the table. Mm-hmm. Spending this time now, I just, I, I just pray that God continues to bless you with opportunities and favor. Thank you. And, and with, your, uh, with becoming a mentor, I mean, a life coach, so to speak. That is so huge, and that's what's really needed in this in our society. Period. Period. <laughs> Kids, young people, because I mean, yeah. it's just so. I, thank you for being on, and God bless you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to the Creative Coaching Podcast. You can find us at iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Anchor, and you can even follow us on Twitter at Creative Coach Four Seven. Thank you.